you have the backing of Rikes. And so we're, we're kind of lucky that we're a startup and we have a strong backer. Um, but we're creating something from nothing and something that frankly, when we've spoken to, you know, every law firm and every other organization, I mean, no, no one disagrees that there's a need for this. Um, and you know, we're happy that we were the first ones to get here. So yeah, it's great to be able to build something that people actually want. This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Happy October, Rishi. Thank you, sir. I feel like the weather has started to speak to us. <laughs> and it's starting to get very, very chilly. What, uh, what's it saying? It's telling me that we had no fall. And we're going straight to winter like we do every single year. <laughs> I think uh, I think you're a little soft. Uh, it's not that cold. I mean, it's getting there. Things are crisp. But I went to school with you in Ottawa, the coldest place on the face of the planet Earth. That's a fact. That is. But I think you're missing one key factor. What's that? I'm from India. <laughs> <laughs> this is very, very cold. And i got to protect myself. All right. Well, bundle up. Take some Tylenol. Hang in there. It's going to get colder. Oh, I know. But before I know. it gets colder, warm up with this episode of The Law School Show featuring Mr. Hirsch Perlis. He's director of the Legal Innovation Zone at Ryerson University. This was a beauty. It was. And I know you missed me during the interview, Chris. I did. You couldn't make it. So Hirsch and I um, chatted one-on-one, which was great. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's never quite the same without my main man, Rishi Jir. But I did hear the interview, and you guys talked about some phenomenal stuff. We got to talk about what the Legal Innovation Zone is. And in a nutshell, it's an incubator. It's fostering the growth of technology startups with application to the legal sector. Yeah, and you guys also spoke about why the market now is primed for legal innovation. Hirsch had a really good perspective on that. And, you know, the sort of the final half of the discussion is about some of the startups that are working in the legal innovation zone, what problems they're tackling, exactly how they're approaching that. And then we talk about how the legal innovation zone is going to move forward because it's a relatively new endeavor at Ryerson University. Definitely a great conversation and we're very, very happy to bring it to you. Chris, we got any announcements for this week? Just the usual bunch. Subscribe on iTunes. Look, check out our website at thelawschoolshow.com. Shoot us an email for any reason at thelawschoolshow.com. And uh, check this episode out. So without any further ado, here's our conversation, or here's Chris's conversation with Mr. Hirsch Perlitz. Hello, Chris only here on this interview today. Rishi couldn't make it. I'm sitting with Hirsch Perlis, director at the Legal Innovation Zone. Hirsch, how you doing? Fantastic. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. So yeah. how did you become director of the Legal Innovation Zone? So um, I, uh, for the past five years, I've been in politics. And for a couple of those years, I worked with Chris Bentley. Mm-hmm. When he was uh, first minister of Aboriginal Affairs, he brought me on there. And then uh, minister of energy, I was there with him for about 18 months. Um, so we kept in touch after he left politics and he came to Ryerson. And, we had been talking about a lot of different things and all the fun things that he was starting, including the LVP program, which I know your listeners have heard all about. It's a great program. Just uh, second year started on Monday, so very excited. Um, and so when he was creating the LVP program, 
He was down at the DMZ, which was ranked the number one university-based incubator in Canada last year, fifth in the world. Um, so his office was, was in the DMZ, and he's seeing all the action down there. And they're a university-based incubator that have eight companies. And um, he looked around and said, wow, law needs something like this. Um, so he went to the administration and pitched them on creating what we now call the legal innovation zone, the Liz. Um, and they agreed. So um, we had worked together before. He, you know, we had done done some really interesting projects together. So he gave me a call and uh, mentioned it to me, and you know, we, I came on board as director in December, and we officially launched it in April. Cool. So what got you interested in the position? What are you excited about as director right now? Yeah. So um, you know, I think it's the same. You know, he's sitting around the DMZ saying, wow, law needs something like this. And I'm not a lawyer, but I think everyone knows that um, law can probably use a little bit of innovation and, and a little a little jumpstart in that in that sense. Um, so, you know, Chris is a great guy and, uh, you know, besides being really smart and motivated, he's just a really nice guy, a great boss. So when he called me up and said, you want to come to Ryerson and become director, I said, well, Ryerson is number one school in innovation and entrepreneurship. They're a really exciting place. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe off the record, it might not be that way when I had gone to university. So it was, you know, everyone knows what Ryerson has been doing over the last decade or so. So um, it was very exciting, exciting to me to be able to come to a place that, you know, they're thriving on this type of stuff and making a change in law seemed like a fun thing to do. So did you have to get ramped up on what was going on in the legal industry or did you, were you sort of knowledgeable about that prior to coming into the position? No, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say, I would say all my past jobs, I wouldn't say I was an expert when I started, but um, you know, the, the, the jobs that I've taken on, you don't have to be an expert in the matter. It's really just about uh, the skills that you bring to the table, the, the energy, the innovation, um, being able to grow companies or organizations, um, working with stakeholders. So those are the skills that I'm bringing. Um, and you quickly learn um, all about the subject matter. So I wouldn't say I'm an expert at law, uh, but when I came here, you know, you, I, we've met with, you know, most major law firms. We've met with many of the leaders in the, in the legal tech industry um, who are really, who have been driving this and are going to continue to drive this. So um, I certainly wasn't an, an expert. Um, but, you know, I've had a great response and Chris was actually very adamant when he was looking to fill the position as director that um, he wasn't looking for a lawyer. And Chris is a lawyer. Chris is a lawyer, you know, former attorney general of the province. Um, I think he was a criminal lawyer for 23 years. I mean, he's, he's more lawyer than anyone needs. Um, so when he was looking for a director, he wasn't looking for, you know, status quo, same thing. Um, he was looking for someone who can bring a different angle. So, you know, him and I sit down all the time and have great conversations and we often come from different perspectives, um, which is really what you're looking for. Because if you were just looking from one perspective, then you're not really changing anything. So, um, I think it's been a great relationship. And so he specifically looked for a non-lawyer and many of the meetings that I sit in, it's, you know, it's me and the lawyers. And I think everyone is, is refreshed by that and, uh, it hasn't been an issue at all. Beautiful. Yeah. Maybe you can give us a little bit of a description of what you do on a day-to-day basis or month-to-month. Like, what is, what is director of Liz look like? Yeah, so, you know, it's funny. Like, we, we started up um, the Legal Innovation Zone, which was Canada's first legal incubator. Um, but we are a startup ourselves. So, you know, yeah. we, we recruit startups and, and we help startups grow. But at the same time, every time I'm interviewing, interviewing new people to come into the zone, uh, new teams, um, 
my, my very early comment is just like you guys are startups, we're startups. So we're both growing together. Um, and whatever the list looks like today, we might be pivoting down the road, we might be pivoting here, there, but, um, so, so we're a good startup. So my regular day, there really is none because we're still mm -hmm. continuing to grow. So, you know, early on, I was trying to figure out what we would look like. Um, and so Chris and I came up with three different pillars, which we'll get into, I'm sure, down, down, later on in the conversation. And there's now that we have, um, as of last Tuesday, 12 active teams in here, it's, you know, making sure that the teams have, that have what they need, um, taking care of them, going out, talking about what the Liz is doing, going out, meeting different stakeholders and potential partners. Um, so all the different law firms, the, all the different legal agencies, Legal Aid Ontario, the Attorney General's office. Uh, OVA, CBA, and then really, I mean, we're, we're focused on anyone who has a large legal spend, so we met with yeah. the banks, you know, throw in Rogers there or, or anyone else. So, um, yeah, every day is different from promoting the Liz to making sure that our, our teams are being taken care of to uh, putting programming together. So, um, our team is starting to grow, um, but right now, every day is different. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, th that's why it was kind of a no-brainer to jump at this job, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of an entrepreneur at heart, and so when Chris said, you know, do you want to come and help start this thing, it was just, it was really exciting because, you know, you have the backing of Ryerson, so we're, we're kind of lucky that we're a startup and we have a strong backer, um, but we're creating something from nothing, and something that, frankly, when we've spoken to, you know, every law firm and every other organization, I mean, no, no one disagrees that there's a need for this. Um, and, you know, we're happy that we were the first ones to get here. Um, so, yeah, it's great to be able to build something that people actually want. Definitely. So I like that uh, the idea of a backer because that's, you know, with, with the folks who are working here in your space, I see Liz as their backer. Mm -hmm. in promoting them, giving them a jumping off point where they That's can right. do, do more faster. So maybe you can describe, you know, what's on paper, what's the mandate of Liz? What is Liz for someone who has no idea and couldn't glean as much from what we've already talked about so far? Yeah, so the Legal Innovation Zone was created to um, make the law smarter, better, and faster. Um, anyway, whether it's system-based or technology-based, bringing innovation um, to the law. Um, so that could be access to justice projects and, and Part of what we're focused on is is what we call designing and creating the 21st century justice system. So that's you know it's a small project, but you know the, anyone who's been involved in the law and you don't have to be a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Knows that you know the justice system probably hasn't changed for decades and decades and decades, if not centuries. Um, and and there's there's certain things that you and I are used to on a daily basis, just using simple technology. Not not you know you don't have to be. Bill Gates to come up with the technology that can be used in the courts or by lawyers differently um, that would help out the clients and, and you know the consumers, which are really the public. Um, so there's the access to justice projects, um, which we're very much focused on, um, but also bringing technology and innovation to it could be to law firms. It could be um, we our first project ever was with Legal Aid Ontario, and they're a great partner. So they're looking to do things differently. Um, and so our first project with them was actually we brought um, 40 different stakeholders, many of them university students, uh, together to talk about how do we connect rural and remote communities to the law. Um, so we just had a meeting with Legal Aid Ontario and uh, they said what they were trying to do and we said why don't we have this one day hackathon. Um, so you know we got, I think it was about 50 people out on a Saturday morning. Uh, they're better students than when I was a student. Uh, nine o'clock in the morning, they were up. They spent from nine to four thirty in the afternoon, and we just 
hacked away at different types of solutions, and Legal Aid Ontario just loved it. Um, lots of different great ideas. Um, so it could be bringing different ideas to Legal Aid Ontario and how they they work with the community. It could be working with different law firms, and um, so the companies that, that are in here, as I said, we have about 12 companies in here, they do very different things. We have online directories, we have real estate focus, we have uh, criminal focus, there's just lots of different, uh, both technologies and system-based innovation. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we are just here to facilitate innovation in the law. Um, we're, we're not we're not necessarily looking to pick champions. If it's criminal criminal law based, we're happy to do that. Family management, that's fine. Um, anything that's going to change the law, and you know, it's kind of low hanging fruit right now. There hasn't been much change, so we think uh, we're we're in a very exciting sector. Um, and since we've been here, you know, others have started up different things, which is great. Toronto's really becoming a legal tech hub, mm -hmm. which uh, we're, we believe we're a part of. Very nice. Do you have to be a rising student to get involved? No. So um, to, to anyone can apply into the zone um, to, to have a startup. Um, so yeah, we have lots of different individuals, whether they're lawyers or entre entrepreneurs, business people, real estate agents, whoever they might be, right. um, can apply if they have a, a startup idea focused on the law. Um, so it doesn't just have to be focused on the law, but it has to have a, a legal angle to it. Um, and you do not have to be a Ryerson student. Obviously, I would say we would lower our standards if you're a Ryerson student, because our, our first and foremost, we're here to provide help to Ryerson students and help them learn how to be entrepreneurs. So um, even if they just want to test out an idea, we're happy, we'd, we'd allow, obviously, any, any student in here to learn what it is to be an entrepreneur, because that's really how I believe only being at Ryerson less than a year. I believe Ryerson's built up their name because they're they're teaching new skills that probably other universities aren't, which is all about innovation and entrepreneurship because the future jobs are probably gonna be very different than the ones that um, I came up with, others have come up with. Um, and so I think it's you know it's really unique and great that um, Sheldon and the provost and everyone else has realized that and have such a strong focus on entrepreneur uh, activities. Um, so yeah, Ryerson students first and foremost, but certainly anyone uh, can be accepted depending on their ideas. So let's talk about that application criteria mm -hmm. for a bit. What are you looking for? You know, is, is there a cutoff point in terms of certain criteria? Yeah, there's really there's really no cutoff point. So um, we're we're very closely affiliated with the DMC, um, and so the DMC, you know, you really have to be a later stage company already have sales and really show that you know that you'll you'll probably be successful. Um, and they're going to give you that leg up. We say that we're more ideation to incubation. So, okay. so you really don't have to have a company. Um, if you have an idea, you can apply into the zone. Um, and and the application process is fairly simple. It's on our website. Um, come up with an idea, and that's the application. We review the application. A couple of us review the application. Um, if we like it, we'll call you in for an interview. We'll have that interview, and then um, if that's successful, then we invite you into the zone. Um, we. Uh, as I said, we've got, we're up to 12 um, startups, so we actually we, we have room for 16 individuals, um, and in four months we're actually we've doubled our capacity, so we're actually getting rid of our furniture next week and doubling to 31 uh, workstations. So it's, yeah, it's been really exciting. Uh, <laughs> knock on the wooden table. Uh, so yeah, it's it's so far been great. So there's really no you know you asked about criteria. Uh, you know we don't really necessarily care about what stage your idea is at. It's really about what the idea is and who who you are. Because 
Um, the reason why the DMZ has been successful and why we think we're going to be successful is that we're creating a community of like-minded individuals, which are entrepreneurs wanting to be innovative and obviously up here in the law. Um, so a lot of it depends on who you are. Do we think you're going to be a, a good community member? Which means, you know, everyone's working on their own projects up here and trying to make their company as successful as po possible. But when they're, you know, at the coffee station or, you know, at the table having lunch, like we're, we're hoping that they're sharing their ideas, right? Talking about, you know, I put out, the, you know, on social media, I'm doing this and that, I find that that's really working. Or when I was creating a partnership agreement, I really took this into consideration. So we're really building a, a culture, which the DMZ has been very successful in Ryerson as a whole. We're trying to build a culture of success here. So um, it's not necessarily all about the idea, but it's also about who the individual entrepreneur are. Yeah, that proximity to like-minded people working on similar problems from different angles is so valuable. I think I think it uh, often goes understated and undervalued until you've lived it, and then you've realized like you've been chewing on something for a week, and all of a sudden it's like over a thirty-second conversation with someone else, you realize they've already dealt with the problem, have a completely different input, and I feel like Liz just offers the opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it was the. Third day after we, we had our first, I think it was three, four teams came in that first day. Um, and one team came up to me and said, you know, do, do we offer help with social media? And uh, outside of my office, when before we launched here, I was working out of the DMZ. My office was in the DMZ, and they've got this great social media guy. Um, I, I actually won't say his name because I don't want to build up his ego too much. Um, sorry, Brent. Um, so he, um, so he's a great social media guy. So one of the teams asked him you know, social media. So I said, yeah, you got to talk to Brent. So Brent came up and spoke to them for an hour, gave them different ideas, a plan, and this and that. And when he left, another team came over, overheard some conversations, and those two teams started talking about it. Um, and since then, I think Brent's spoken to so one of our teams. But you can see right right away within the first two three days, the team started talking about what they've done in the past and what they're working on. Um, and that's exactly what we're trying to build up here. Just um, the way to be successful is to, is to rely on a lot of people. And so everyone has great members of their teams and their startups are great. And a lot of them have advisory boards, which are really helpful. But um, actually the people in the trenches building these companies, for them to be able to rely on different people going through the exact same experiences is really helpful. Yeah, for sure. And that's good for a lot as an yeah. industry, ultimately. Yeah. Um, so what do you get if you are accepted into this? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we've gone over the culture of things, which, which frankly, I think is the most important thing. Um, so I won't go deep into that, but the most important thing is, is, is all the other companies around here. Um, you know, so you do actually get access to the physical space? Yes, yeah. So, so right off the bat, you get access to, uh, you know, most of the companies are full-time, so you would get full-time desks depending on how many team members you have. Okay. And you get the Wi-Fi and some printing. Um, those are kind of the basics. Um, the part-time company, so people, you know, there might be a full-time lawyer who's who's working 15 hours a week on their company, so they would get what we're calling cop desks. Um, so it's not one full-time desk, but there's always room yeah. for them to come here and work. Um, and so yeah, you got the desk, the Wi-Fi, and the and the printing. But then on top of that, as we've spoken about the culture, and then there's the advisor. So we spoke about, you know, they had a question on social media. We bring in our social media experts. Um, you have a question about media. We have a media expert. If you have Financing, we have advisors that help with financing. Um, so, you know, we, we sit down with the teams uh, on a regular basis, have conversations, how they're doing, how they're, what they're working on, what they hope to achieve over the next few weeks. 
And in those conversations, they mention what they're looking help for. Uh, and, you know, so far, I think we've been able to provide what they're looking for. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, a group of advisors and the resources at Ryerson and DMZ. So, yeah. um, the, the resources here are just amazing. Do you guys get involved in financing at all or making introductions to potential sources of financing? Yeah, so we, we, we will be helping on that. We don't actually provide any financing, uh, all, although, you know, like two weeks ago we sent one team to BC to the GROW conference. Okay. Um, so they applied with a whole bunch of different companies and so we provided one company up at the Liz an opportunity to go. We heavily subsidized the trip out there. The DMZ, I think, sent five companies. So there's you know, financial gains like that. Right. Um, in terms of financing, there's opportunities to meet people all the time. One of, one of the, one of, actually, now that you mentioned that, one of the great things that we do offer also is we're giving people tours of, of the legal immigration zone all the time, um, whether they are government officials, people from, I mean, we probably met with almost every major law firm, I mean, not every mid-sized law firm, but law firms all the time. So people come in here, we give them a tour, um, Chris Bentley and I sit down, have a conversation with them, and then we always try and introduce them to two or three teams that will do like a five-minute pitch to them, just to let them know. So, you know, if we have a real estate person coming in, we'll bring the, the team that's working on real estate stuff to, to meet them, uh, and so on and so forth. So. Um, one of the things that they really gain is a lot of introductions. Yeah. Um, and then once we know what, what they're working on, you know, we, we kind of uh, tailor it to whatever they're doing. Cool. All right, maybe you can give us two examples of groups that are working in Liz right now. One more at the nascent idea stage, and then one that's more uh, more developed and maybe actually has some sales in this industry. Yes. So um, one at the, the more developed, I would say, is Map Your Property. So they actually, um, they were actually a company in the DMZ, uh, and they moved up to the legal innovations that when we got created. Um, so they kind of they found a way. One of the founders was I think he worked at the Ministry of the Environment or something, and he would have to do all these this research on properties and you know the the waterways and this information, that information. And it would take him hours, if not a day or two, um, and drove him crazy. So he left, and he thought he'd build a program for developers that that uh, developers would find useful. So he built a project where you can map it. It's called Map Your Property because you could pick any property in Toronto in your region. Um, and they they found through open source data 40 data points that they can pull up right away. I think it takes 22 seconds to pull up information that would take um, developers and lawyers, call it five, eight, 10 hours. Um, and so they started off with developers and quickly found out that when, when they were talking with their lawyer to set it up, he's like, oh my God, we actually want that product. So that's why they moved in here because they wanted to start pitching to lawyers. Um, and so now they do have a partnership with two law firms and they ha they'll officially launch, I think it's next month, um, and then try opening up to more law firms. Uh, but so, you know, all the law firms that have come in here really find their product helpful. Map your property. Um, yeah, map your property. Um, and, and you can check all that out on the website too, right? Like all most of the teams that are yeah. involved here have a little bit of a description and a, and a link describing what they're up to. That's right. So on the legalinnovationzone.ca website, there'll be a, uh, a members page, and uh, all the members are up there. Maybe the the newest three aren't quite up there yet because they just been not connected last week. But um, yeah, they'll be up there soon. And then um, a newer one is uh, there's there, there's a. Website called Small Claims Wizard, um, and so she, she was actually I think they're called Fellows at Mars, um, and so she's building uh, uh, 
as, as Sam's a small claims wizard to help you through the process of the small claims courts. Um, so she's just starting to develop it. It's, it's uh, not quite developed yet, but she's gone to Stanford and spoke to the Codex guys and presented there. And she's, she's just dynamite. Um, so we're really excited to have her in this one as well. She, she started, I think, last month. Um, so yeah, there, there, there are companies um, very early stage and a, a little later stage. They're all, you know, barely new. Um, and yeah, it's, it's exciting seeing them, you know, launch every once in a while. Like a different company will, will have their own launch and it's just really yeah. exciting. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can feel the energy off you. Like you're, you're definitely passionate about it. Yeah. Yes. No, and, and again, like, I'm, not a, I'm not a lawyer, but like realizing um, the, the, the technology and the innovations that they're bringing, that they're able to bring to the law um, and that consumers will be able to use is really just amazing. Um, whether it's, you know, a family management program, which um, unfortunately a lot of people need to use, or a small claims wizard, or for large corporates who could use the map your property, yeah. um, or, you know, we have two online directories, Kabuk and uh, Lawyer Links to help find, find a lawyer. I mean, a lot of people just don't know where to turn when you need contract law, immigration law. So it's just, um, these things haven't existed, and unfortunately they probably should have. And so it's exciting that you're bringing services that people didn't know how to use before. So, you, I mean, you alluded to it before, um, and I want to talk about why the legal innovation zone is timely. So, what, what you had alluded to before was the fact that law is a big industry and it is pretty ripe for change. You know, there's a lot of headlines about that and there's a lot of growth underneath um, sort of trying to solve that problem. So, as a non-lawyer, but as someone who's very in touch with the creative class trying to solve these problems, um, what do you think is two or three areas where technology can really make a change in law. That's tough. Um, only because I, I, I really don't think that there's anywhere that technology can't play a role in law. I, I mean, yeah. lawyers lawyers go to school, um, you know, and get trained and do the articling or the LPP program for a long time because they, they, they bring something that's really special. And, and you know, lawyers are never going to be substituted, but technology can bring the the they can bring services to a lot more consumers. So you know, whether it's in the court systems and something as simple as when we booked this interview, um, we did it online, right? Like you sent up, you sent me a an email that said, "Are you available these days?" I sent you back one, and you just threw it in your calendar and sent me calendar invites. So why can't we do online calendaring in all the courts across the country? Um, when, when a lawyer wants to set up a meeting with the judge, like it's just all online. Why do you have to go into certain courts and meet with the judge to talk about the next two, three times that you're coming into court? Right. Um, really low-hanging fruit, right? Like we're not talking about technology that is brand new. That's technology that's been there since, I don't know, the 90s or something like that. Um, or, you know, there's all the way to the good, our good friends, Ross, um, who are now out of San Francisco, but they were created out of UFT, um, who are bringing artificial intelligence um, to different aspects of the law. That's really exciting stuff. Um, and again, the lawyers are always going to be there and they're going to service their clients and they have to make the final decisions and, uh, you know, Chris was the Attorney General. This isn't any way of an attack on lawyers and fortunately, as I said, like all the large law firms have great conversations, everyone wants to be a part of it. Um, it's just offering different services to the consumers. Um, so I, I really, you know, what two or three aspects of the law? I think every aspect of the law is 
is a right to accept technology, um, which is why we've had so many conversations with people and it's why, you know, the 12 teams in here, um, besides a couple online directories, no one is covering the same aspects of the law. Um, and there's so many more teams that could be in here. Um, there's just, there's a lot that can't happen. Um, just like you guys experience a lot every day, right? You guys are doing your, your, your interviews on an iPhone and podcasts, which didn't, didn't exist 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's just, it's, you guys aren't writing a journal, right? It's because you're doing podcasts. And so, I, I think it's a good point that it's not, this isn't a threatening thing to the legal profession at all. It's not about replacing lawyers. It's, and of course, lawyers want to be more marketable to their clients, and they want to provide services in a way that their clients are more willing to pay for. And I think the technology right. makes that marriage a little bit tighter. That's right. And, and as I said, I mean, obviously, they're, they're not everyone is as enthusiastic as others, but uh, we, we, for the most part, we've had fantastic conversations with every size law firm there is. Um, from, from the sole practitioner to the largest law firms in the country. They all realize, and they're all trying to do different things. And so we're just trying to partner with them to, to help accelerate their projects or whatnot. Yeah. So do you have any idea why law as such a massive industry has been slow to change and slow to adopt technology to become more nimble? You're recording this. <laughs> No, look, I, I, I would say um, you know, technology is slow in a lot of different places. Um, so, you know, I, we can talk about Uber, we can talk about Airbnb. You know, it just it takes different times to bring law in. And um, to also be fair, I mean, law, is, it's, it's very personal and um, not that everything isn't meaningful, but law, you know, you're talking about family matters, you're talking it's about, about criminal people, law, it's about people and, yeah. and, and you really have to be careful. Giving legal advice, is, I mean, it should really only be lawyers. Um, they're the trained ones, and they're the trusted ones. And so, um, you're you're trying to to balance that against actually opening up to technology. Uh, so it's a fine balance. So I think it's just taken longer um, because of how how significant it is, um, and you know, it's people's lives for yeah. the most part, right? If it's as easy as putting together a partnership agreement, um, or doing a murder case, or traffic ticket, like everything is people's lives. Um, and so you just really have to be careful with it. Um, and so I think it just took a little longer. Um, and you know, lawyers love rules, so um, yeah. But, but it's here and um, there's a lot of exciting things happening in Toronto, uh, which is great. I mean, in the four or five months that we've been very active in this space here, we've met amazing people and um, you know, we launched, then Mars X launched, uh, Legal X launched, and um, yeah, you know, Mitch Kowalski has has a great group of people who meet all the time. So there's just there's a lot happening in Toronto, and I think um, we're starting to be recognized. Toronto is starting to be recognized as a place where legal tech is going to be booming, and is big. Cool. What are some of the challenges that this is facing right now? Um, you know, not everything's rosy, but there's there's. I wouldn't say that there's any specific challenges. Um, you know, we're, we're growing. So, you know, as we've told all of the teams that move in here, especially the, the original teams that move in here, is that we're growing just like they're trying to grow. So there's a growing pain. So, right. you know, can we offer them more? Can we, you know, early on, can we have offered them more now? There's always things that we could be doing better. Um, but I wouldn't say there's any large challenges because, frankly, um, people have been more positive, the stakeholders, the, the, the lawyers, the consumers have been more positive than I would have expected. Mm -hmm. um, I can't speak for Chris, but 
Um, I, I think people see that there's a need out there for change, and I think for the most part, people are embracing it. And you know, the smart ones are saying we want to get there first because people who get there first normally are more successful. So um, I, th I think we started at a point where where it wasn't a question of if it's going to happen, it's a question of when it's going to happen. And so now it's kind of a lot of different firms, people, entrepreneurs are trying to race to get to X solution faster because they know if they get to that solution, maybe, you know, if it's something to do with the banks, they'll get that contract. And, right. You know, if you figure out how to do real estate cheaper, then you'll gain the consumer. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's any main challenges. Um, you know, just everything that any good startup would face, but um, nothing that's, that isn't uh, that's good. overcomable. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Makes your job a little bit easier. I yeah, know. I mean, well, <laughs> they'll come though. I mean, yeah, inevitably. I mean, you know, you know, we, would we love more teams in here? Sure. Would we, would we yeah. love to get more press? Sure. Would, you know, would we love to get more sponsors? Sure. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say any of these are large challenges. It's just the, you know, it's the nature of growing a business. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, so as I understand it, your the partnership section of mm -hmm. Liz, uh, the way it's advertised on the website anyway, is that you will um, accept invitations almost to solve outside legal entities' problems? Yeah, so I'm not sure. Maybe we have to take a look at the website. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, so our first stream is really the, the, the entrepreneur. So, yeah. so apply and you get in or the second stream is all about partnerships, and it's really, um, you know, to put it simple, it's kind of innovation for hire. So, you know, right. what, what we say is, is all many of these law firms, these organizations, the banks and whatnot, anyone who has a large legal spend has been trying, has had a legal innovation for a long time. Many haven't gone very far. Uh, so what we're saying is let's partner up with the project yeah. um, and, and let's help you out. And so we, we really stole the idea that the, the DMZ has what's called Riders and Futures, um, who has done a great job and they've worked with you know, large car companies, banks, and just lots of different people. And they kind of get hired to bring innovation to those sectors. Um, so you know, we, we, we have said if you're working on an, on an innovation project, um, what better place to bring in than the legal innovation yeah, side? And whether it's us bringing different experts to the table or us having different conversations, bringing different partners around, uh, we're kind of, you know, being at Ryerson and being in the same building as the DMZ and sharing a lot of the same resources. I mean, we have resources that a lot of people don't have. Um, and, it's, and it's not the financial resources because you're talking about, you know, the Bank of Montreal. I mean, they've got more financial resources than, I mean, we would ever dream of. But, um, you know, we have different people here in, in terms of resources that maybe they want to access. Um, and so, yeah, we, we've had some good conversations with uh, some law firms, some legal organizations. Some Is that what happened with Legal Aid when you did the Saturday Long Hackathon? Did they approach you or was it? Um, did they approach us? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, I mean, it was before we launched. Um, so yeah. I, I assume they didn't know who we were, but they had a conversation with uh, Randy Boyagata, who is the director of Zone Learning. So Ryerson has a bunch of zones, and it's success of the DMZ, I think they're up to about 10 zones. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, someone had, had a conversation with Randy, and Randy said, well, you've got to talk to these guys. They're starting at the Legal Innovation Zone. So we sat down um, in Randy's office and, and had a conversation with um, Legal Aid and, and uh, took it from there. That's just out of that conversation. Um, the idea of having that one day hackathon came out. So, um, yeah, and now, yeah, so, and that's hopefully the start of a great relationship with other projects. So, 
Yeah. Very nice. All right, let's talk about the future. What is coming up for Liz? What What do you want to see happen in in the in the long term? Yeah. So I mean, we we've uh, we've talked about the fact that we're actually doubling our capacity next week. So that's really yeah. exciting. That's awesome. Uh, so um, yeah, which which means. Uh, before we were hesitant to take on more companies. So if people are listening to this and they have different ideas of uh, startups in the legal space, um, go to our website and apply. Uh, we're, we're also looking probably over the next week or two to announce a very exciting uh, project around access to justice. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I, I, I can't announce it right now, but we're looking to do kind of a four-month project um, taking on a fairly large project around access to justice, which which affects a lot of people in the province, um, and look at how we can do it differently. A lot of people have been looking at this issue for a long time, uh, a lot of great people have been looking at this issue a long time, and so we're going to say, uh, we're going to look at it also, maybe we'll bring a different type of people around the table, um, and we hope to come up with a solution. Uh, whether it's the best or not, we'll come up with a solution. We like to say we're, we're not a think tank, we're, we're kind of solution-based, and so we're never going to really come out with a paper. We're going to come out with a physical solution, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll present it and see if people think it's a good idea, and you know, if they think it's a good idea, hopefully it gets implemented, and if not, maybe we're challenging others to say, you know, that's all right, but I can do it better, and this is how I would do it. Um, so we're really excited about that access to justice initiative, which again will come out. We'll announce in about a week or two, and it'll officially start. I think probably late September. Um, so that's a really exciting project. And then the students are back on campus finally in September. So we launched actually right at the end of their exam. So they've kind of been gone for the summer. So we look forward to doing a whole bunch of um, student um, events and getting them involved in the Liz. But you know, in the future, what do we hope? I mean, we hope that the companies here end up being successful, right? We could point to a handful of companies that started here, and um, if if they are able to get their products out to all the different law firms or the different consumers, and they start using them all the time, uh, that means that we're you know making the law better, smarter, faster. Is what we say. So mm -hmm. um, if things start to change, then I think we would have been we would have played a small role in making that happen. Nice. Yeah. Is there any room for a law student to get involved with Liz, whether it be on like a, a volunteer basis oh, yeah. or? Yeah. So, so um, sorry for cutting off there. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, law students. Um, I've met with a number of them actually. Uh, Monica Goyle, who used to have a company at the DMC, um, she teaches a course out at York University. So last year she brought her her course. I think it's one of the first legal eviction courses in Canada or something like that. Um, Which seems crazy. Yeah, but she, 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 there, there are others. So I was speaking to, to someone out at a BC Law School um, who she started her first course last year there. So yeah. so it, it is starting to happen, and I, I know UFT has it. So um, anyways, Monica brought her class to the DMZ, and so I spoke to them there. And out of that, I met with a couple of different of the students who had different ideas. So um, there's 100% ways for law students to get involved. I mean, we're, as I said, we're, we're open to students. I mean, certainly not just Ryerson students. So if a law student, you know, has an idea of how to do things differently, we'd love them to bring their idea here. And if they have time on top of their, of going to law school to spend, you know, 10, 15 hours a week at the Liz, we'd love to have them here. Um, as I said, this Access to Justice project that we're about to, to announce, um, we hope that uh, law students and non-law students um, make time to come out. It'll probably be over four days over a four-month period to come out and, and help build the solution that we're looking to do. Interesting. Um, and then, yeah, there's just we'll be putting on a lot of different events, which are always open to any type of student. 
Very nice. Yeah. Is there anything else that we want to uh, we want to unpack about Liz? We haven't touched on yet. No, I I, I think we've I think covered we're most of it. Um, yeah, I would just you know I I, I think um, I love what you guys are doing. So congratulations. Thanks. And um, yeah, if there's if there's any other ideas out there that any of your listeners have, as I said, we're always open to to listening to people and bringing ideas in here if you're able to work on them. Um, and yeah, we're just exciting. We've had a great first four months and we're, uh, we're excited to keep hopefully growing. Yeah. Well, I love what's happening. Yeah. I've been, uh, curious about it right from the get go. Uh, I was turned on to it by Andre Backus, yeah. uh, with the law practice program and, uh, he's who made the introductions. Yeah. I've, I've had a tour of the space. It's airy. It's, it's, it's yeah. lean and it's, uh, it's palpable in the yeah. air that the people are into what they're doing and that they feel like they're, you know, riding a wave towards uh, a, a new law, perhaps. Yeah. All right, cool. So next law. Thanks for the time. Sure. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.